great to have you Ian today in our podcast. It's the fourth episode of the Onogen podcast and we're going to be talking about cytosomes and why I want to go over some of the the details on how you process and what you have what I like mostly about Ian's product is not only the product itself but all the love that you put in the production and how passionate you are about the methodology that you have developed and so I'm going to introduce to all of you Dr. Ian White is a PhD in stem cells parasitologist right? My master's degree was parasitology originally, and uh, that sort of brought me into studying how uh, microorganisms and other foreign uh, organisms interact with the immune system, and that led to regenerative medicine. That's right. And he, you trained in Cornell, and then you moved to University of Miami, and you were working there for a long time. Yeah. And then I happened to meet Ian three years ago, and through a friend, and I was already in love and very like enthusiastic about the whole exosomes because initially when I started my fellowship in stem cells, I was really excited about the mesenchymal stem cells and how they could activate your healing powers and all that. And then I hear about exosomes and I also learned that in fact stem cells what they do is that they produce exosomes in your body and activate your own stem cells and those stem cells are the ones that heal you. So when I learned that I say why are we giving people stem cells if we have already the technology to do the exosomes and that's when the universe kind of brought Ian to my life and and the way that he processes those exosomes are very specific and really great and they are very, very um, strict in the safety measures and everything. So I want you to tell us about your new company, where you are, and what you're doing. Well, first of all, thanks for the opportunity to come and talk. Um, thank you to your audience. for. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my pleasure, it really is. So, um, yeah, I, it's quite funny that you say that three years ago the universe brought us together because I feel like that too. Um, in our company, um, one of the biggest things that we um, appreciate is how serendipitous everything is. And we seem to meet the right people at the right time. Uh, whenever we need certain people or we need certain things, if you're open to the universe, it seems to deliver those things. And so that's what's happened with our company. We meet the right people that help us develop the right products at the right time. So it's a very um, fortuitous um, um, experience. So with the product, um, I spent about 20 years at the bench in various different um, academic institutes. And over that time, I learned how to manipulate and work with human tissues. And I, understand, I understood the potential of regenerative medicine and the potential of exogenous cells, so cells from outside the body that are given to an individual that can revamp or revitalize the body's own pool of stem cells and, endogenous um, tissue specific cells and so um, after 20 years at the bench I really wanted to try to translate what I knew from academia into uh, an avenue to where I could get the product to patients without having to go necessarily through the entire 15-year process of a three-phase clinical trial we wanted to try to help patients that really needed it as soon as possible but by doing it in a safe and effective way right. so we started Neobiosis, um, which is uh, the company that I'm running right now. It's a CDMO, which means we're a contract 
development and manufacturing organization. So we manufacture regenerative medicine for clinics and physicians that are looking to go through clinical trials. Cool. Uh, we also have our own uh, pipeline of products and the product that we're focused on mainly at the moment is cytosomes. And those are an extracellular vesicle that we derive from amniotic fluid. Um, and what's really exciting about that is that um, we derive the technology from this idea uh, that's been derived from, from research from a long time ago. And it's a set of experiments called heterochronic parabiosis, where you oh, take I love an, that Yeah, it's a really exciting uh, <laughs> experiment. So uh, what researchers did was they connected an old mouse and a young mouse together so they shared the same blood supply. That's right. And what they found was that the young, young mouse was able to confer something to the old mouse and the old mouse showed signs of anti-aging, which meant the, the coat color started coming back, uh, which meant that markers of inflammation started reducing, and also their ability to respond to injury improved dramatically. Um, over the years, researchers have found that actually you can just take those factors from the plasma and deliver them to an older individual to see the same effects. And that's what happened in the in the 70s, right? Around the 70s, 80s, people were looking for young people to donate blood right. and get the plasma, and all the people who have money yes. and could access that technology. So even, till, even till recently, it's been a big business taking plasma from teenagers right. um, and giving it to older individuals. But what we're trying to do is approach it scientifically. Yes. And so um, what I'm very interested in, we know that you can confer the regenerative potential of young individuals, which those guys have a huge potential to repair. Yeah. When, a, when a young individual is injured, they repair very, very easily. When an old individual is injured, it takes a lot more time. Right. It's usually a lot more painful. And we see it now with the COVID that young people trying to recover faster, yeah. they don't even get the problem, the yeah. disease, and old people trying to do worse and they trying to get more That's complications. Right. It's because of that, because of those signals in their own blood, right? Because yeah. when you're young, you have those signals activating your immune cells. So, so you are using amniotic fluid to activate those signalings, correct? That's right, because we have within us the ability to heal because we've always had it from when we were young. The problem is those genes just get turned off as we, as we age. It's right. a natural process of aging, but unfortunately what that means is that we have these symptoms of aging, which is so typically pain, inflammation, and, and an inability to heal and replace lost tissue. So if we can take the young tissue, which we know from all the scientific experiments that have been done in the past, if we can take the young tissue and give it to the old individual and turn all those back on or modulate, which is a more accurate way of describing it, modulate the, the genes and modulate the immune system, what we can effectively do is promote the endogenous tissue repair, reduce the inflammation, which is typically what's driving the symptoms of aging. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why people get arthritis, dementia, because the chronic low inflammation, mm -hmm. that it comes from that little signals in the blood that is activating the body into inflammation. So young people doesn't have that. Stress in old people cause that that's right. problem, right? So that's really cool. Um, there is a lot of people using PRP, and they ask me what is the difference between PRP and exosome. And there is a lot like we also combine PRP and exosomes in a lot of trials and pilots and studies that are going on right now. Because as you say, it used to be a time that we need 15 years to develop a technology, but now FDA because the push of all these biohackers that want the technology like right away. So, and the whole technology itself and that COVID has boost. Is, COVID, COVID has helped that too. that too, yeah. 
So now we have all these bypass tracks and stuff. So you are in that, into that, me too. I'm so excited about that. So when you compare PRP and exosomes, I tell my patients that exosomes are like 10 times more potent mm -hmm. like PRP. It's like you multiply by 10 or exponentially enhance it. So how, how you would explain yeah. with the micro, because exosomes, has the microRNA and the PRP yep. usually doesn't have as much, right? right. But it has the anti-inflammatory effect. So, okay. so the way that I would explain it is that PRP um, is essentially platelets. So pl PRP stands for platelet-rich plasma. And what that means is the platelets that are circulating in your blood that typically help your blood clot if you cut yourself and modulate the immune system, those platelets are mostly filled with pro-inflammatory factors. So that the whole job of the platelet is to activate the immune system, right? That's their job. That's what they're full of. They're full of those signals. For healing, right? For healing. To, mm -hmm. to activate the immune system to as a, a barrier against infection because we want to close the skin if we've got an injury, but also to clot the blood and also to bring immune cells to that area as a trophic factor. Right. Exosomes are slightly different. They're around the same size, but they're actively packaged by the cells with a lot of different what we call cargo. There's a lot of different ingredients in those exosomes. And they're not only to modulate the immune system, but they also can promote tissue repair. They have a lot of different signals. So exosomes are what cells use to communicate with each other. Platelets are basically like an ammunition. It's an mm -hmm. ammunition dump in a, in a damaged area where you wanna uh, promote uh, repair and regeneration. Exosomes are more like a communication. The exosome communicates from the healthy cell to the damaged cell or the inflamed site how to repair and modulate the, the um, inflammation. So they can bring in cells, they can, they can reduce inflammation, and they can also reactivate cells that have been senescent and been uh, exhausted. So that's the main difference between uh, platelets and, and exosomes. But also the, there's a, another big difference, which is platelets come from the patient's own body. Right. So if you're 50 years old, you have 50 year old platelets. Yeah. And platelets, just like everything else in the body, changes and declines as we age. Right. We're taking extracellular vesicles, so these exosomes, from very, very young sources that we know through research and clinical trials can be transplanted into individuals. They don't elicit an immune response, they're not rejected, but they're of from a growing fetus. And we take it from uh, a, a healthy birth, so that the baby's not affected at all, the mother's not affected at all. We Moms take... donate their amniotic fluid, That's in right. fact, right? They, they have to donate it. And There's they have a... to be really healthy, and you guys like quarantine the product and check the mom, baby, all There's that. a huge process that we have to go through to qualify the, the mother um, and make sure there's no infectious diseases, and uh, we check the history of the mother and everything, and we're able to uh, harvest those uh, extracellular vesicles at the time of birth, so it's usually considered waste product, which is um, terrible because it's such uh, an incredibly rich source of regenerative medicine. Right. Um, so we're able to take that product, refine it, so which means that like, we're able to remove the regenerative portion of it because a lot of other companies out there, they just take the raw material and it's a little bit dangerous because it's very hard to sterilize and also you've got a lot of other things like apoptotic bodies which aren't regenerative but can elicit an immune response so you can have major problems. Yeah, you, yeah, you could exacerbate the problem. Right. So we have a very pure product um, and it contains those exosomes that are from the, the fetus, so the, the, the baby, the youngest possible source. So they have all the resources to go into your cells as a 50 year old, let's say, and turn everything back on that needs to be turned on, rather than relying on your own body, which is already sick. 
So taking your, your, your sick uh, platelets, right. or um, by sick I mean aged yeah. for the most part, yeah. um, and trying to put them in a new place, often will work for many people, but not everybody. Right. So sometimes we need to go back to the source, the very youngest uh, potential product we can get, and, and utilize that. That's right. And that's why when, when I was trying to create my protocols with the patient, I always want to upgrade their biology first. Because if those cells are happier, then what yes. they produce it's, it's better product, but also when you give them these kind of products and they're happy, they're gonna take better advantage, right? That's right. So when you say one of the things that I found like more, more sexy in the whole concept of exosomes is like the microRNA and the signaling because a lot of people doesn't understand what the signal means and really the signal is, is activating genetically certain pathways to heal. Yeah. which is really kind of the beginning of gene therapy, but, but in a very biologically and natural way, because that's the way that it happens in our body. We're just taking advantage of the knowledge we have mm -hmm. and the capacity of putting all that together and give it to the people at the right time in the right place when they need it, right. when their body might not be responding because the body's busy trying to survive stress and other things, right? So another way to think about it is if, you, if your body is a building, and you're trying to build this building from scratch, um, what you need are instructions and you need raw tools and materials. That's what exosomes bring to the, the party. So they're bringing the instructions and they're bringing the raw materials, the tools, in order for the cells to build. So if you have a sick cell and it's unable to respond to its endogenous signals, the signals that it's in its environment, and you give it a young exosome with a new instruction pack, and a new set of tools, get... right? So the RNA inside right. the, the exosome can enter into the cell. So for those that don't really understand the difference between DNA and RNA, a lot of people are concerned about taking other people's products, so allergenic products, because they think they might have their, their DNA and it might incorporate. These have no DNA. So you, yeah. it's not like you're changing your genetics. At all. They have RNA, which is the message from mm -hmm. the DNA, which typically degrades very fast, mm -hmm. but the exosomes protect it in this lipid shield. Right. So they're protected in there so they can be transported around. They go inside the cell, and a good example is a fibroblast. So the RNA inside the, the young exosome can enter a fibroblast if it's being used aesthetically, for example. And make you Right, baby. and well, it will start producing fetal collagens again. Right. So that RNA from the fetal source can enter into the fibroblast and get used to turn into protein. And so now you're producing the fetal proteins that you couldn't normally produce, no matter what sort of products, uh, uh, autologous products you give yourself. Right. If you give yourself PRP, you can elicit an immune response. But if you actually give the, the RNA, you can make the fetal proteins in the cells that produce the, the product right. itself. So you get a baby face. You can, well, that's the idea. That's the that's the aesthetic side. So we have a, a, a product called Lilium mm -hmm. that we're just launching, which is exclusively for topical use and aesthetics. Um, and then, of course, we we're working on the clinical side as well. Nice. And the other concept that is really interesting from the exosomes is exosomes and autoimmunity, because with immunosenescence, with stress, some genes act in people who have that trend or that tendency they might get autoimmunity. And we're seeing a lot of autoimmunity in the thyroid. We're seeing a lot of people with rheumatoid arthritis. And, and I, you know, I am convinced that exosomes are really promising in the treatment of autoimmunity because exosomes are, when he talks about the little vesicles, the little vesicles are in, in our uterus, uterus when we're pregnant. 
And we all have been exposed, not only mommies who has been pregnant, but babies who have been wounds. So everybody has been exposed to that mm -hmm. kind of product. And it's used to regulate, um, what you say, modulate the immune system so the mom doesn't fight the baby doesn't the and baby. the baby doesn't reject the mom because mm -hmm. usually that would happen. It's two different individuals sharing the same right. space. Although we share a little bit of the genes, then we don't share everything, so you would still could reject. It's still 50% the father. That's right. So so the, the exosome has that effect of immunomodulation to prevent that the mom, immune system of the mom to reject the baby. So when you give this to an immune system of somebody who has autoimmunity, who is, your immune system is completely confused and is fighting yourself, which should not happen, but it happens in some people, then this immunomodulation effect in some of the studies that has been going on and some of the pilots that are going on right now, we have seen that it seems to like send the signal to the immune system to kind of relax, shut down, and, and don't attack. And in a better way than the typical immunosuppressants that we're using as a standard of care, just because um, we're also enhancing healing right. with the exosomes that with immunotherapy. Well, that's the, that's, that's the difference. It's not an immunosuppressor, it's an immunomodulator. That's right. So when you suppress the immune system, you shut it off. So I published a paper recently about the use of amniotic fluid exosomes in against COVID. And one of the uh, mechanisms by which the traditional or the current uh, medications work is by shutting down the macrophages, turning the macrophages off, which are promoting the, the inflammation and causing the, 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 lung, right, the lung issues. So I argue that we don't want to be shutting off the macrophages. What we need to do is switch from a pro-inflammatory macrophage response to a pro-regenerative macrophage response. And that's what these exosomes are able to do. They're able to say, we've got way too much inflammation over here. Let's change the phenotype to an M2 macrophage response, which is pro-tissue growth. That's right. So when you have autoimmunity, just as you described with the baby and the fetus and the mother, they, they want to modulate the immune system. They don't want to shut it off because you still need to avoid infections. They need to modulate it. So we're able to reach in during that window and take that product and use it therapeutically because it can modulate the immune system. If your immune system's out of control, they're able to sense what's wrong and they're able to modulate it, not turn it off. Right. That's, that's one of the beauties of this kind of therapies that we're really activating natural healing powers that we have all within us but they're chopped down because of stress. I keep saying like, if if you put the soldiers in war and you don't feed them well and you mistreat them and you don't give them the weapons that they need, they're gonna fail. Yeah. And that's what we literally do in modern with modern lifestyle and our bodies. So when we start nourishing our body the right way with the nutrients that we really need, and then we give our body the right weapons, even when we're in the process of aging, we are, we're capable to slow down aging process. And, and I think that with medicine, we have come to a point that we are kind of there, but I think we're stuck if we don't really embrace what's coming with regenerative medicine, because we've been trying to do everything from outside right. instead of trying to enhance what we have and using what the powers we have. And many of these tools that we use in medicine shut down our own natural That's right. powers. That's right. So I do think that regenerative medicine is a movement that kind of embrace what we have accomplished with traditional medicine, mm -hmm. but also embrace what we know about the natural powers that we hold. And now we kind of put it together and becoming like 
much better medicine. Well, that's why I love regenerative medicine because it's a relatively new field, but it's something that's been around forever because we, we study it, we just don't know necessarily how to look at it appropriately. We're looking at it through uh, glasses of the wrong color for the most part, but now we're starting to remove those glasses and we can see it for what it really is, which is our body's own ability to repair itself. Right. Now, our body is constantly repairing every single day. If we uh, shave and we cut our face, it repairs. Right. Right? If we bite our lip, it repairs. If we uh, cut ourselves, it repairs. We all, we're constantly repairing. We're turning over intestinal tissue all the time. So our body does have the ability to repair. So with regenerative medicine, what we're doing is we're going back and looking inside to say, how is the body repairing on a day-to-day -day basis? We just call it homeostasis, maintaining the status quo. And then we recognize that it's slowly being turned off, which is the aging process. Right. So if we can just look to see in the younger individuals what they were doing, and that we still have the genetic capacity to do, we can turn all that back on. And we can also look at the, the outside, look at other species, because there are other species of animal who have similar genetics to us that can regrow limbs yeah. and can do all kinds of amazing things. They can live to 300. Um, you know, so these are biological phenomenon that exists in nature. That potentially, eventually we could access. All it, we need to do is know? understand it. Right. right? So the, the key is that it, the phenomenon exists. If the right. phenomenon never existed, it would be very hard to invent a new biology. Right. But the phenomenon exists because when we look at in young individuals, they repair very fast. If we look at other species, they're able to regrow limbs. So we know that physically our bodies can do it. We just need to understand. And with right. regenerative medicine, for the first time really, we're understanding from an integrative perspective how everything works together and how we can actually achieve those goals. Right. So yeah, and, and that's what that's why I love the whole movement of biohacking because I feel like people are tired of going to the doctor and being so passive and just wait to be told what they're supposed to do. And they're researching because we are we have all this information on hand. And and we're we really are ready as as patients like to to use the best of science and technology and combine. And, and I do think that us as physicians needs to embrace that and read more and learn more and really see these as the way that we're moving faster because they're pushing us to move faster, but that's a good push. So, and we have also this, like the science coming up, the technology supporting, I mean, soon we're gonna have artificial intelligence. We're developing a platform, by the way, we're so excited um, to personalize these kind of therapies for people, depending on the inflammatory marker and all that. So um, so this is great. Thank you so much, Ian. This has been welcome. very interesting as usual. Yeah, so it's always good to talk. <laughs> and, and well, we, we're really happy to have you. We hope that you learn a lot of things and share with us more questions if you have. And we'll see if we invite Ian again because we have many things to talk about.